0: Just when you thought there was no hope for baby boomers, it's the Rational Boomer Podcast. Logic, common sense, compassion, yeah, who knew? Now, here's Mike. We are back on the Rational Boomer Podcast. I'm recording this in the early morning hours of Thursday. November 25th, 2021, which makes this Thanksgiving. You know, I always loved holidays. I was fortunate when I was growing up, holidays were always a positive thing. I had a lot of fun. You got together with family. It was a great time. So when I became an adult, I was still pretty excited about it. As I got a little older, it became more dull and it wasn't as important to me. Then I had kids. Then it became very important and very exciting. I enjoyed the holidays once again. Well, then your kids grow up and go away, and it becomes more dull, you know, not quite as important. But then your kids have kids, and you have grandkids, and it becomes exciting and fun again. And that's where I'm at pretty much right now. I know there's some controversy with Thanksgiving. Some people... Think the origins of the holiday are bad And chances are they probably are Other people think the origins and the legends are true And I doubt that to be the case But I think the important thing you got to remember When you're entering a holiday like Thanksgiving Or any of the other holidays You can think about the past But this is your holiday, this is your day Maybe you should focus on the present Appreciate what you have in the present. I mean, it's called Thanksgiving. And in our lives, we should sow some gratitude from time to time. We spend all our lives bitching about stuff, whining about stuff, how we were cheated or stolen from or whatever. It's nice to take one or two days a year and just be grateful for what you have, even if you don't have a lot. If you have anything at all, you should be grateful for it. And the fact of the matter is, when you show gratitude and are grateful, things seem to get a lot better around you. It's about that being positive as opposed to negative. The positivity will bring to you more positivity, and negativity will do the same thing. So, in terms of a holiday like Thanksgiving, if we only focus on the present, what happens? Well, you get together with friends, family, loved ones. You get to spend time with them, tell stories, do fun things, and take a break from the typical day that you normally have every day of the year. This is a different day. Regardless of what the origin was, Today's a good day because your friends and family are around you. It doesn't happen enough, if at all, during the rest of the year, but it's happening today. So for that in itself, you have to be grateful. There has to be some gratitude. What I'm really saying here is you can say Thanksgiving is good or bad or comes from a bad place. But more importantly, appreciate what it is today for you, for your family, for the people around you. You get a shot at some positivity, some fun, some love, some excitement. When you see it sitting in front of you, grab that shit, embrace it, and live it. Because all the rest of the year, you're going through ridiculous shit. Troubles. Concern. Leave your troubles at the door for one day. Enjoy what you have, the people around you, and enjoy Thanksgiving. So for all of you, I say, Happy Thanksgiving. (laughs) Now let's get to the negative shit. (laughs) No, actually, we have some positive stuff. We had something happen in this country that... uh, For the longest time, I've thought was lost to us in this country. And I'm talking about justice and accountability. We haven't seen a lot of it lately, but uh, yesterday we did, on Wednesday. You see, all three defendants in the murder of Ahmed Arbery's trial were found guilty of murder. Now, this was an obvious choice on guilt or innocence. Clearly, they were guilty. But this is how tainted we've become in this country. We don't expect the right thing to happen. We expect the wrong thing to happen. I mean, for four and a half, five years during the Trump administration and coming into the Biden administration, We've seen people slip through the justice system, go and do anything they want and not be accountable. It's easy to become tainted when you see this all the time, and I hear it all the time. People will say to me, oh, nothing's going to happen to them. They'll just slip away like everybody does. And that's a pretty fucking negative attitude. You can't go through life assuming the worst, because if you do that, you will get the fucking worst. you got to assume the positive from time to time so that you can reap some of that positive. So anyway, three men murdered Ahmed Arbery. And I'll just tell the story quickly again. I've told it before, but just in order to set up this story. So apparently there was some theft at some building Project and Ahmad Arbery cut through that building site like a lot of people did. They showed video, 40 some people go through, there was a shortcut, and he's running down the street. So, we get three clowns see a black guy running immediately. They think, Oh, that's guilty because he's black and he's running. So, what do they do? They chase him down in two trucks. In one truck, you have Travis McMichael, who I suggested looked like a redneck, Howdy Doody son of a bitch. (laughs) Now, only you old people will get what I'm saying here. You young millennials don't even know who the fuck Howdy Doody is, so I would suggest you go Google that shit. But anyway, he's driving one of the trucks. His dad is along with him, Gregory McMichael. He's got a pistol. And then in the second car, there's this goofy little guy. I don't know what his deal is. I watched him as his lawyer was talking. His name is William Roddy Bryan. Your name's William. How do you get a nickname like Roddy? I don't know if I want to know that. (laughs) But anyway, he's got this goofy haircut. He looks like he's on the verge of crying. He did not have a gun. But these three men went on trial. Because they chased this young man down, they held him against his will, and then they shot him with a shotgun, Travis McMichael did, and killed Ahmed Arbery. Now, they said what they were doing was a citizen's arrest. Unfortunately, the law says if you're going to make a citizen's arrest, you have to have seen the crime. And they didn't see the crime. They didn't see any crime. And then when they chased him down and shot him dead... They tried to claim self-defense. They felt like their lives were in jeopardy. Well, that's ironic because the man was running away. They're in their trucks. They had to chase him down. They had to hold him against his will because he still wanted to go. They get out and shoot him. But somehow they want to call that self-defense. Now, all of us sitting at home see a couple of things. You've got a jury of 11 white people and one black person. It's in the heart of Georgia. We've seen stuff like this before. We've seen people like this get off. Do you remember the Medgar Evers uh, murder and the two trials where the guy got off twice? And it was clearly fucking murder because Medgar Evers was in his fucking driveway, his own driveway. But anyway... You see this situation, and here's the sad thing about the country as a whole. A lot of people saw this trial play out, and I watched a lot of it. I looked at the evidence, and I said on TikTok, and I think I said here, that there is absolutely no way that they are going to find these three men not guilty. It's just not possible. There's no wiggle room here at all to find them not guilty. But does that mean I didn't think they'd be found not guilty? No. I thought that was a distinct possibility. I thought it was possibly going to happen. And why? Well, because, as I said before, for four and a half, five years, we've been watching people slip through justice. People not being held accountable for some of the most horrific things we've seen. We saw it all through the Trump administration. So everybody was waiting with bated breath as the jury was out deliberating. And I was surprised it came back as quickly as it did. I wasn't sitting by the TV waiting for it to happen because I thought it would be a few days. My wife and I are out having fun doing something. And I wasn't really paying attention, and then all of a sudden I heard this. I go, "Damn it! I can't really do anything on TikTok or the podcast till later because I'm out having fun." And I wanted to do it, but at the same time I thought, "All oh, these fucking news people are telling everybody what's going on. I don't have to tell anybody anything. Maybe I'll just discuss it after the fact." And that's that's what we're doing here. So the jury comes back, and these men are being charged with. Malicious murder and felony murder. Now, I honestly thought Roddy Bryan, the guy in the second car who didn't even have a gun, might get off a little easier. Just because he wasn't the one doing it. But he was involved in corralling Ahmed Aubrey and holding him against his will, so he's just as responsible as everybody else. But again, we're thinking, oh, these people will get off because that's just the fucking way it goes these days. We've resigned ourselves to the fact that injustice is the way it's going to be. All three of these people were charged with felony murder as well. And honestly, I don't know the difference between malice murder and felony murder. But I can kind of take a guess here, because when it was all played out, when the verdict was read, Travis McMichael was charged and convicted of malice murder and felony murder. I'm assuming that is because he is the man that shot the shotgun at Ahmed Aubrey and killed him. Gregory Michael, his father, a former cop, had a pistol, but he never shot anybody. But he was part of the deal because he was in the car with Travis McMichael. And Roddy Bryan was in the second car. He had no gun at all. So the way it played out, Travis McMichael got malice and felony murder. Gregory McMichael and Roddy Bryan both got felony murder. Nonetheless, it's all murder. These guys were hit with nine counts or nine charges. And Travis McMichael got all of them he was guilty of. And the other two didn't get the malice murder, presumably, because they didn't shoot him. It was Travis McMichael. So <laughs> so anyway... We sit here watching this, and I've watched the videotape a number of times, watched the faces of the defendants as they were told they are guilty. You could see it kind of hit them, but nobody reacted really heavily. There was some whoops in the background when they uh, pronounced Travis McMichael guilty, and, of course, the judge didn't like it, got those people hauled out of the courtroom, but they went through this whole litany of charges, And every one of them was guilty. So, it's really interesting to me that this happened. We've all been so accustomed to the wrong thing happening. And today, the right thing happened, actually, yesterday. So, you have to wonder, what does that mean? Now, prosecutors will be asking for life without the possibility of parole. Now, I don't honestly know If that's going to occur, if that's what they're going to get, I think there's a distinct possibility because murder is murder. Now that they've gotten this far down the line and these people have been convicted, I don't know what else you could give them. But the bottom line is these people, these men, are going to be in prison for a very long time, probably for the length of their natural life. Now, there will be appeals. And everybody will say, oh, they'll get off with appeals. Here's what you have to understand. It's very rare that a murder conviction gets overturned. And to illustrate that, I have another story for you here in a little bit. And you want to listen closely to it. It's a much sadder story with a happy ending, but a frustrating ending. Anyway, these people have been convicted. They will go to jail. They are going to ask for life without the possibility of parole. But here's the one disturbing thing about that story. The reason this conviction came about, the reason we know all of what happened, was because it was on videotape. And here's the ironic thing. You know who videotaped it? And you know who turned it over to the police? Oh, little goofy Rodney, Roddy Bryan. I don't know why he did that. He basically put these people in prison because, you know, if there was no video, they'd make some ridiculous claims and there'd be some question and there'd be reasonable doubt and these fuckheads would get off. But because Roddy Bryan provided the videotape and they could see exactly what was happening, you could see that Ahmed Arbery was running away, you see all of what happened. Then it put no question in the jury's mind as to whether these three people were guilty or not, and that's why they convicted him. But here's my question. Had there been no video, or had Roddy Bryan not turned over that video, would there still have been a conviction? And that's what I'm not sure of. I mean, it's impossible, apparently, to get video of every situation like this. And there have been many situations where people have been murdered, but there's enough um, question in it that people get off. Another question. Had George Floyd, when he was murdered by Derek Shelvin, had there not been video, would Derek Shelvin be in jail right now? Here's the interesting thing. Before they knew there was a video, what the police told the administration and the police department, they told them everything about it. But they didn't tell him that Shelvin kneeled on George Floyd's neck for nine minutes. They didn't tell it. They, they figured it wasn't important, even though that's what killed him. But that's how these things go. If there is no video, then they can lie their way through it. And offer up some reasonable doubt. That's how these people get off of these crimes. So while this is a wonderful thing that these men were convicted, but it can all be attributed to a video. Now that would be great if we could have a video of every fucking crime, but we can't. Which means we don't necessarily get a fair trial. We don't necessarily get a just verdict in every case. And that is a huge flaw in our judicial system. Had there not been a video on this particular thing with Travis McMichael, Gregory McMichael, and Roddy Bryan, these three clowns might have gotten away with murder. In fact, I'm willing to bet there was a good likelihood that they would have gotten off. So if we know these people are guilty because there was a video, and we know they might have gotten off if there was no video, doesn't that tell us we have a little problem with our system? Maybe how we deal with people of color, or how our judicial system works? I think it does. So as much as it's a happy day that these people were convicted, it's got to make us think a little bit, make us look at what our judicial system is about. And what's frightening about this, there are tons of people that are in jail unjustly. They didn't commit a crime. And when we get back from uh, the break, we'll talk about one such situation. But there are people getting off, police officers that do horrific things, who get off because there's a reasonable doubt and that's all they need. This is a problem we need to fix. We can't let murderers run free. And we can't put people in jail for things they didn't do. Everybody tells us the judicial system is a perfect system. It's not. And it's wrong frequently. So we need to look at that. We need some reform uh, in the judicial system, in police reform. And, of course, our Republican buddies are trying to obstruct that. Not sure why, but in spite of them. Among the many things that Joe Biden and the Democrats have to do, this is something we need to look at. This needs to be fixed. You may think, be thinking to yourself, I'm just an old white guy. It's not going to affect me. Well, maybe not to the extent that it did Ahmed Arbery. But it can affect everyone, not just people of color. So we all should be outraged by this, and we should all be pushing to get some resolution to it to fix it. I hope that makes sense to you. We do have some serious problems with our judicial system, and we're going to talk more about that after the break because the next story is appalling. It's upsetting, and it could happen to anybody. And the results of it were devastating for the person who suffered through that injustice. So, we'll take a quick break, and we'll talk about that. So, while in Georgia we saw justice, finally, in Missouri we see some injustice, a horrific example of injustice. There's a gentleman by the name of Kevin Strickland, and I take personal note to this because he and I are essentially the same age. We lived in the same area, era, not the same area, same era. He was in Missouri, I was in Minnesota. He's a black man, I'm a white man. So there was a little privilege on my side. I didn't have to worry about the things that Kevin Strickland worried about when he was a young man. Well, anyway, when he was 18 years old, presumably about 77, 78, 1977 or 78, He was convicted of a triple homicide. He's just an 18-year-old kid. Not unlike Kyle Rittenhouse, who actually did kill some people. But Kevin Strickland is convicted of triple homicide. And why? Well, essentially because he's black and because he lives in fucking Missouri. Now, there's some fine people that live in Missouri, for sure. But that's largely a red state and a very racist state. At least through my experience, the things I've read, the things I've seen, my experiences while I've been there. So that's just my opinion, and you might disagree with it, but it doesn't matter. There's far more racism there than I see in my state, although we have plenty here in Minnesota. But anyway, they send this young man to jail for murdering three people. Now, 42 years later, we find out that he never committed the crime. He is totally exonerated and he's released from jail. Well, that 18 year old kid is now 62 years old. He was 18 years old, had his whole life in front of him, probably has plans, dreams. And now at 62, he's entering the age of retirement when his life is on the downside. After spending 42 years in prison, now he's finally released. Now, I will tell you, in most states, when somebody has been imprisoned wrongly, unjustly, or unjustly, I don't know which is the correct word, that doesn't fucking matter. But anyway, once you, if you've been in prison for a period of time, it's not uncommon for a state to pay that person 50000 $60,000 for every year they were behind bars and they were innocent. So in the case of somebody like uh, Kevin Strickland, he would be due $1.2 million based on $50,000 a year. Now, that's a lot of money, and it helps a guy who's getting out of jail. Even at 62, that's at least a little bit of a boost. It's not enough to buy back 42 years and have your life essentially taken away, but it's something. They've got to make some gesture, offer some help for what they did to this person. Because what they essentially did is a crime. Imprisoned somebody that didn't commit a crime. And they didn't bother to go any deeper and find out. See, that's one of the problems I have with the justice system. They convict somebody and then it's over. They forget about it. They don't consider the possibility that they might have been wrong. In fact, the last thing they want to find out is that they were wrong because then it looks stupid, they look stupid, and it makes them look bad. So they don't want to do it. They don't investigate whether they were wrong. The fact that somebody's in jail without having ever committed a crime, they don't give a shit about it because it makes their life easier not to have to deal with it and focus on the next criminal that they have to deal with. But here's the thing, and here's my annoyance with the state of Missouri. We know they're a red state. We know they are a racist state. In spite of the fact, yes, I'll acknowledge there are good people in Missouri. But the state in general is a racist state. So now this gentleman, Kevin Strickland, he's 62 years old. He's in a wheelchair now, even though he went in when he was 18 and perfectly healthy. Missouri doesn't have a situation where they'll pay him any money at all. Nothing. They'll just kick him out the door. They took 42 years of his life. They said, oops, our bad, and send him out the door. In fact, Kevin Strickland made an interesting comment in an interview. He says, yeah, what am I supposed to do? I'm 62 years old. I have no experience doing anything. I've got to get back in life. I'm in a wheelchair, a wheelchair owned by the state. So if they kick me out today, they'd probably take the wheelchair and tell him to crawl to wherever he's going. Now, that might be a little harsh, but based on what I've seen in Missouri, in this certain circumstance, it wouldn't surprise me. So the state of Missouri doesn't have a system set up where they'll pay people that have been illegally imprisoned. So this gentleman, after 42 years in prison, is sent out the door in presumably a wheelchair he has to buy and send him home. But where's home? Half the people he knew are dead. Mom's dead. he They didn't even let him go to the funeral of his mom. So this man went through a lot of stuff. And for what? For nothing. Because he didn't do anything. But Missouri doesn't seem like they are responsible to this person at all. They've taken somebody's life away, but they're just going to kick him out of the door and say, oopsie daisy. That's pretty fucked up in my mind. That is horrific. Even if they don't normally do it, they should look at this situation and make special allowances to help this gentleman out. That is the fucking least they can do. Now, I will tell you this. The Midwest Innocence Project did start a GoFundMe page. And they have collected $450,000 to date, which is good news, which will help Kevin Strickland get back into life and try to live what's left of his life. But think about that. Fucking think about that. You live in Missouri. You pay taxes. You do something wrong like this by putting Kevin Strickland in prison for 42 years for something he didn't do. And some outside nonprofit organization has to put together a GoFundMe page and get normal people put money into it to make sure Kevin survives. Where's Missouri's responsibility in this whole fucking thing? Clearly, they don't think they have any. And things like that have to be addressed. What we've been talking about, Whenever I'm talking about Rational Boomer on TikTok or the Rational Boomer podcast, it's just that. We've spent decades and decades of average, regular people. And through all that time, the people in power, in Congress, in the Oval Office, do very little for the people who make this country run, the middle class, people like Kevin Strickland. Who knows what Kevin Strickland might have done? He might have been an engineer. He might have been a blue-collar worker. It doesn't matter. He had a right to go do a job, raise a family, and live his life. But they took it away from him, and now they think they don't have to do anything to make amends for that. That's fucking arrogant. But that's how our government runs. Slip to these Bills that are being passed by the Democrats, the infrastructure bill, the bipartisan infrastructure bill, and now this build back, better bill. These two bills I'm excited about because they'll do amazing things for this country. But here's what makes me angry. They will tell you these two bills will do more than the government has done for the people of this country in 70 or 80 years. 70 or 80 years, all the taxes you collect, all the things you do, and it's taken 80 years to do something for the people of this country? Doesn't that piss you off? You paid all these taxes. They've held you under their thumbs. And finally, they're trying to do something for the middle class. I appreciate what the Democrats are doing, but where were you the last 80 years? I don't appreciate what the Republicans are doing by trying to obstruct it. And that should just tell you what kind of people they are. And it carries over to now to Missouri. You imprison a man for 42 years because in spite of the fact that he was innocent, and now when you let him out, you say, my bad, and don't think you have to do anything for them. Thank God for the Midwest Innocence Project so that Kevin Strickland will have something $450,000, it's a lot of money, but it's a small price to pay for 42 years of your life. Think about that. Think about if you were 18, put in jail, and not let out till you're 62. Think of all the things you missed. I mean, I think about it for myself. I wouldn't have gotten married. I wouldn't have had kids. I wouldn't have had grandkids. I wouldn't have had the experiences, the love, the life, the joy. That's all would have been taken away from me. I would have been more than pissed. And Kevin Strickland seems to be handling it pretty well. He's upset. He's angry about this whole thing that happened to him. But he knows all he can do is lead his life from here on out. That's the only option he has. He can't go back in time. So this is one thing that upsets me. As much as I'm happy about the three in Georgia that were convicted of an obvious murder, I have to wonder. If they didn't have the video, would they have convicted them? And if they wouldn't have, that that exposes a big problem in our country, in our judicial system. And then you have somebody like Kevin Strickland, who's put in jail for 42 years, even though he didn't commit the crime. That opens even a bigger wound. So as much as yesterday might have been happy day in Georgia We still got a lot of problems to deal with. We still have a lot of things that we need to fix. We can't just be happy about uh, the revenge or or the um, acknowledgement of Ahmad Arbery's murder. There's a lot of people out there struggling. There's a lot of people in jail that shouldn't be. And we should be striving and pushing to try to fix those situations. It's not fair to take people's lives away, whether you're killing them or putting them in jail. In this country, if you read the Constitution, doesn't it say we have a right to life, liberty, and happiness? Well, Ahmad Arbery had it stolen from him. Kevin Strickland had it stolen from them, from the very government that's supposed to be protecting that. It's very frustrating. As I said, we'll think about some positive things on Thanksgiving, but there are some negative things that have to be addressed because they are big problems, and they have been big problems for decades, and we've been told they're not problems. But now when they become exposed and the wound gets opened up, we can't say, oh, that's too bad, and then move on. We need to do something to fucking fix that. And you're probably saying, so what do we do? I don't fucking know. I'm just a guy sitting in my living room. We need, as a group, to somehow find a way through our government, through our representatives, or through ourselves, to fucking do something. And the one thing you don't want to do is sit back in your chair, eat your turkey, and don't say anything. Don't think about anybody else. That's not what we do we got to look at the country as a whole, where we're at, you know, on the verge of upending democracy, and people still sitting back saying, oh, it'll fix itself. No, it won't. We need to do something. And if all you can do is speak out and keep speaking out, that's enough. But too many people won't even do that. That's what's frustrating. Now, when we talk about murder, we have to also talk about Kyle Rittenhouse. Now, here's a young man who has an affinity to play cop or EMT, neither of which he actually is. He hasn't been trained in either one of them. He was like a police cadet and an EMT cadet. He's this little kid that's just trying to play hotshot and be the hero. So then he goes to a protest with a AR-15, Shoots three people, kills two people, and he goes to trial. There's videotape of that one. He did actually kill some people. He wasn't supposed to have that gun, but God if he didn't get off. And not only did he get off, he's made out to be a hero, at least for a short time. <laughs> he goes down and meets Donald Trump, his lord and savior. Two bigger pieces of shit in an office that I've never seen. And the funny thing about the picture of Donald Trump and Kyle Rittenhouse is the picture in the background. And who is it? Donald Trump and Kim Jong-un. Two more pieces of shit. And we're supposed to take pride in that picture. And it doesn't stop there. It doesn't fucking stop there at all. Marjorie Taylor Greene, you know that Neanderthal-looking bitch. Well, she has introduced a bill, a bill in Congress, to award Kyle Rittenhouse a Congressional Gold Medal. Now, this is the same woman who voted against it for the Capitol Police on Insurrection Day. She voted against it, but now she wants to give Kyle Rittenhouse a gold medal. But I have to wonder if she hasn't changed her mind a little bit. And I have to wonder if Donald Trump would have actually invited Kyle Rittenhouse if they now know what they now know. Kyle Rittenhouse goes on Tucker Carlson, and they're talking. They're trying to make him look like this nice, smart kid. He's fucking 18. He doesn't know shit from shit. I know I was 18, and I thought I knew shit, but I didn't know shit from shit. As a 61-year-old man now, I can look back at my years, and when I was 18, I didn't know shit. When my sons were 18, they didn't know shit. And Kyle Rittenhouse doesn't know shit. He's no genius. He's not exceptional. In fact, he's not the brightest kid in the world. But now they want to give him a congressional gold medal, but deny it to the Capitol Police, who had to fight against an insurrection of our government, people trying to overturn democracy overthrow our government. The police fought a valiant fight there, and they were outnumbered. But don't give them the Congressional Gold Medal. No. Give it to Kyle Rittenhouse, who went someplace he shouldn't be to protect places he didn't own and shoot people and kill them. That's supposed to be our fucking hero? That tells you a lot about Marjorie Taylor Greene, Donald Trump. But then he goes on Tucker Carlson, and they're talking, they're making him look good and all this stuff. And then out of the blue, he says, well, this isn't about racism. I support Black Lives Matter. (laughs) Yeah, the Republicans pulled together in crowdfunding, got him $2 million for his defense. Marjorie Taylor Greene wants to give him a congressional gold medal. Donald Trump wanted him down in Mar-a-Lago so he could shake his hand. But I bet they didn't know about that. I'm sure this is some ploy that the uh, defense lawyer gave him to help him in the civil suits or help getting him back into society, make him look good. Now, you know, that's what they do. They cause problems. They cause crimes. And then they try to come off as a nice person because the public always likes to tear somebody down, but he likes to build somebody up after the fact, watch somebody uh, emerge from the ashes. Well, Kyle Rittenhouse is in a, situation between the rock and hard place because the Democrats will never like him because he's a fucking murderer. Now, the Republicans loved him, but now he's saying he likes Black Lives Matter. And that is the one nemesis of the Republican Party, the Trumpicans, Donald Trump, Marjorie Taylor Greene. I mean, didn't Marjorie Taylor Greene say that it was Black Lives Matter that caused the insurrection? Now she says the insurrection never happened. Who knows what the fuck she's saying because you can't keep up with her because she can't tell the truth. But now you have to wonder. These people want to deify a murderer. Yet we've got people like Kevin Strickland who are thrown in jail for four decades and nobody gives a shit. He gets out after four decades. Missouri says, I ain't going to do anything for you. And there's no congressional medal for him. There's no help from uh, the government for him. But they want to praise this fucking 18-year-old who doesn't know shit from shit. Murderer. It's going to be interesting to see how this all shakes out because if now the Republicans don't like him, and I've seen some of the Twitter comments, Oh, I liked him, but uh, now I don't like him because he likes BLM. You just don't like him because he's not racist. How ridiculous is that? I know I talked about this in the previous podcast, but it kind of ties into all this. This country and the perception of things is all fucked up. The only light at the end of the tunnel was what happened in Georgia when three men killed an innocent black man and now they're going to prison for the rest of their natural lives. That's a win. That's justice. And again, my only question here is, if there wasn't a video, would there have been justice? Marjorie Taylor Greene wanting to award Kyle Rittenhouse. That's not justice. Kyle Rittenhouse getting off free and clear. That's not justice. So it seems we have sporadic justice in this country. Sometimes we get it when it's impossible to deny it like with a video. But if there's some question, we don't go to truth or facts. We try to game the system like the Republicans and Donald Trump and everybody else want to do. They want to delay court case, delay with court cases and court cases and court cases. They know they're guilty. They know it's going to come out eventually, but instead we'll just delay it. So I guess my point with this whole situation is We can be happy about Georgia. We can be happy that justice is done. We have to feel sad for Kevin Strickland losing 42 years of his life unnecessarily and illegally. But it seems like justice is too sporadic. Justice should be a constant. People who are guilty should be punished. People who are innocent should be saved from punishment. And that's not what's happening in this country at all. It's not. I mean, maybe it's getting better with the likelihood of um, these three men going to jail for life. Maybe there's uh, a light at the end of the tunnel with this racist uh, white supremacist group in Charlottesville, Virginia. Unite the Right. You remember Charlottesville with all the Violence and the young woman who was killed by being run over by a car. They got sued. They lost for $26 million, which will essentially bankrupt the group and the individuals as well. There's a little bit of justice there. There should have been some jail time there, too. So we've got to appreciate and give thanks for those things that are good in this country where justice prevails. But we can't forget about the inequities that are going on in this country. We can't just lavish in the successes. We've got to pay attention to the failures, and there are many. And one by one, we've got to do something to rectify them, because if we don't, we'll never be the country we're supposed to be. We're supposed to be above it all. We're supposed to be better than all the other countries, but we are not. In fact, we are worse in many ways. And since we can't trust the government, since we can't trust Congress or our president to do all of that, then it's kind of on us. And people will always say to me, what can we do? Just keep talking. Keep complaining. Keep hitting up your representatives. Let them know who's in charge. They think they're in charge, but in fact, they work for us. So as bosses, we need to make them remember who's in charge, not them, us. We can make or break their careers. And instead of just laying back, not paying attention, and just voting for whoever, we need to look into what's going on. We need to understand each of these stories and what the true facts are, not trust what the media fucking spoons out to us. We need to look at it, and we need to look deeply at it and make decisions based on informed knowledge of what's going on. That's what I try to do with the podcast here and with the TikToks. I take the stories you all hear, but I tell you more about the story so you really understand what's going on. The media doesn't give a fuck as long as you listen to their radio station or their TV station or read their newspaper or read the internet. They just want you coming and listening. They don't care if you're fully informed. They're clickbait so they can sell advertising and make money from you. But our job is much more important to that. We can't just look at the frosting. we got to look deep down and see what it is and then make our choices based on that. That's what I'm trying to do here with the podcast, make it easier for you to understand those things. And uh, it's incumbent on all of you to make the effort, be motivated to know exactly what's going on. All right. I'm going to wrap it up here, going a little bit long. This is Thanksgiving. I want to wish you all happy Thanksgiving. Now, if you're a person who doesn't celebrate Thanksgiving, I'll just say this. I wish you a happy Thanksgiving too. And if you don't celebrate Thanksgiving, here's what you need to do find a reason. Make up a reason for you to get your family, friends, and loved ones together and just spend time together. Because that is the most important thing about this and any other holiday. So you have a great day. We'll talk to you again tomorrow. Thanks for listening to the Rational Boomer Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. We'll see you next time.